What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that's exactly what you'll get. They can help you find work in any industry with just one interview at Express. You have a connection to endless jobs, whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job. Choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit expresspros.com today to find a location near you. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend and Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T E C O V A S com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hi everyone, this is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and I Fund Women grants at South by Southwest. Thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Wind down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. You know what I think is funny about last week is that when I had posted about one of, like, someone leaving the queendom, <laughs> you guys immediately went to it was one of y'all. Well, oh. you said Kristen Brust <laughs> and tagged me at Kristen.Brust wants someone to leave the Queendom chat. And I got sweaty. I'm like, there's no way. I felt like I had this like duped moment where I was like, did they edit something? And it's going to make me sound like I'm breaking up. I Is was the kingdom here. falling? That's what I felt. I was here and I still was worried it was me. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I don't even, I couldn't remember. The great news, that person has exited the chat. Yeah, exited the chat. 
<laughs> she does not seem so no, no. confident. No, okay. no, totally exited. Okay. And it's really funny because funny Jewish guy, I was like, you should listen <gasps> to the podcast because oh, like, we, we kind of mentioned you. Guy. And he was like, I'm never listening to Wind Down ever again because you talked about a dude for like the first, like another dude. <laughs> oh, he's like, because <laughs> he was like, oh no. He goes, um, whoops. He said, because he's like, I thought you were going to be like, he was amazing. I was like, I said you were, he's like, all you said was like, he's a cool dude, but the other guy. <laughs> well, and he goes, so do I have to be, um, do I have to, you know, play hard to get, but we had a conversation too. And that was a bummer because we, we realized we we're just going to be friends. Oh, yeah. Is funny Jewish guy going to listen to this one? Should we talk about him for a second so he can feel the love? Well, I mean, now that we're just friends, because he's, Well, you he know. still deserves attention. <laughs> now that we're just now friends, friends, why are we going to talk about him? Yeah. So he's gone. All right. Okay. Bye, funny Jewish guy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too fast for uh, me. I get emotionally attacked. It's hard. It's hard. hard. Well, we get- I, I really, because it was one of those things where, like, we could be, like, he could have been one that stayed along or I'll, for a very long time in a chat. But the reality is he lives in LA and I'm not moving and he's not moving. And so there's no I'm point to judge ever. by your Fair. face. Is it really over or do we just create it's some over. sort of boundary? No, it's, it's over. It's like, I have to like put up the, like, I even was like, Hey, I'm, I have this great girl in LA. I'm going to set you up with. Cause he's a great freaking guy. It's a very, you have, it's interesting. Cause we're from the same place, mm-hmm. but you go very LA with that. Like the swapping of like boyfriends and girlfriends is like so West Coast and to me. I'm done. Where I'm like, uh, like I'm just like, no, that's girl code. No, that's bro code. And we then I panic. sleep together. We just made out. Uh, mm, mm, mm. No, ma'am. You can't wait. I'm sorry. In your 30s, nearing 40s, so like me, Caitlin, and Elizabeth, and I'm going to do this to you now too, Catherine, now that you're part of the single crew, but like, for example, Elizabeth, because on the dating app that we're all on, she's like, oh, yeah, I went out with him. He's great. He's mm-hmm. like really like dad, but he's all yours. He's not my person. So I'm like, you sure? Cool. So I heart him. I can't. This is like a the fantasy football draft so and small, I can't. Though. But why? I, I just can't. I couldn't. But like even if like, I mean, Elizabeth, like I think they just kissed too. It's like, have you ever made out not- with my husband? <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to have a deep dive? Do we need to pause the recording? Okay, maybe not in the queendom. Maybe we just well, wouldn't make out much, with the same people in the like the well, same. Well, there's not man much the like queen. turnover. Well, in you the already queen. have. With, <laughs> sorry, forgot your ex husband. Julie, that. yeah, yeah. Well, oh, anyway, that's very West Coast to me. <laughs> I'm just saying, wouldn't you, so? For example, this guy it. Adam. Yeah. Oops, I said his name. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. It's like he's cool. Oh, he deserves it. Oh, he got a name. Yeah. He's not just funny You know Jewish what, funny anymore. Jewish guy? Boring Jewish guy never got his name mentioned, so you matter. <laughs> it's way more fun to just have nicknames. But, like, he's a great guy. So I'm like, I even DM'd one of my girlfriends and was like, hey, um, you know, this is a great guy. I would. She's like, well, why don't you want to be with him? I was like, I would in a heartbeat. But, like, he's got a daughter. He'll never leave. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to move either because that would be unfair for my co-parenting situation and the kids and so and to the queendom and to the queendom <laughs> so i'm like hey i'm gonna you know you should you y'all should meet and i th- i don't think that's weird because it's like yeah because then when they get married she you're gonna be in the matching bridesmaid dress i think that if y'all had like a serious relationship for a long time that seems a little weirder but not you've been on what two dates with the guy yeah i don't think it's that weird but you kissed him 
Passionately. <laughs> oh, see? And now your new friend's going to listen to this episode and she's going to passionately gonna kiss care. him too. And but it's- again, it's he's not my person. So like, for example, if I meet someone, I'm like, oh, I think actually, like, I, you know, I was just talking about this to one of my other girlfriends too. He, where she was like, I don't think he's my person. Like if I see someone on, on Raya or whatever, I'd be like, oh, Catherine, like, I think he'd be a good match for you. I'm going to send him. Catherine's way. Yeah. Even if... No, I like the idea. Okay. I think it's... <laughs> I love what you're saying, and I like the vetting now, and I, I also you. think it takes a great deal of maturity to know it's not your person and to go, you'd be better suited with this person. I agree. The passionate makeout is where I'm like, <laughs> oh, well, maybe leave that part Did out. Did you want to mention that Leo, your dog, is here? Before <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I just bit you. <laughs> <laughs> For those of them not watching... <laughs> yeah, no, Leo just totally oh bit God. me. Um... Okay. Leo, Leos have a tendency to do that. <laughs> In my experience. Oh, so this is where I go to, um, which I'm going to talk about another topic later, but I want to get to Catherine's topic about, she well, wants to bring something up. Well, I have a question. Okay, answer. Okay. And I, I, I legitimately want to know. So Can we put Leo over on that couch or he's going to have to go in his crate because he's biting the cords and this episode will end very shortly <laughs> if that keeps happening. <laughs> okay, so. If you have a problem with someone, okay? Oh, okay. Oh, wait, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Let me okay. Okay. Also, a problem like, with someone. If the person's on this couch, we need to discontinue. 100% not. Okay. Don't worry. I'm not even for. like a great, not even a friend, really. But if you have a problem with someone, do you address it? Do you let it go? Or do you let it fester? Hmm. Mm-hmm. It depends on the depth of the relationship. Ooh. Okay. Not that deep. Can we go a little bit more? I'm going to go Mark here on here. Okay. Can you give us a little okay, more detail? Because yes, I, I think that depends. I need more detail. On what. Okay. So. Which one I would do. Okay. So not a friend. Okay. Someone that came into your life in a situation that you wouldn't have loved to have it have happened, but it did. Um, so you try to be the person's friend. You actually like the person. Seems like a nice person. Um, but you have a problem with something that that person has done. Okay. So I'm an eight, right? Mm-hmm. Let me just, let me answer my own question. Okay. <laughs> let me just answer That's this. That's a very eight are, thing to yes. do. <laughs> as a I, two, I want to hold you. As an eight, you'd like yes. to confront yourself. This seems very on brand. Absolutely. Okay. I'm the person. I like to confront it. Like, here's what you've done. I don't like it. Let's address it. And theoretically move on. Okay. Mm-hmm. Moving on part is hard for me personally. <laughs> no, it is. That's what I'm learning about me. Oh, yeah. So that, that, I think that's the thing. So like. So you let it fester and you don't move on. I do all three. Uh-huh. Should I should I reroute us back to the last episode where we talked to Lisa in her book, Forgiving What You Can't Forget? Yeah, I ordered it. Okay, great. <laughs> And realized There's, I was already reading one of her books. Um, but this is, this is the part way. that I struggle with. Okay, fr- so I'm learning that this is one of my forgetting. biggest struggles. Mm-hmm. So, is what? Well, all of it. Okay. So I think I think God's working on me a lot in a lot of ways. This is the one thing that's just like killing me lately. Okay. So it'll fester mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, no, I shouldn't address. No, don't be an eight. Don't do it. Don't be an unhealthy. Don't do it. And then I go mm-hmm. <laughs> and I attack. And you go hard. Yeah, I go hard and not very nice. Okay. Uh, I read the messages. You weren't not nice. You direct. Very direct. I think it was an emotional situation that it was too premature for anybody to be a part of. Yes, I'd agree with that. And so your emotions were more heightened because of the situation that you were in and it bothered you and 
your like your emotions were a part of it and that's okay. And I'm assuming that this is a situation you didn't, you're, you weren't asking to be no, a part of. No, I was of. not asking to be a part of it. Or wasn't aware you were a part of maybe even. Yeah, not at the beginning. Okay. So I try, but mm-hmm. my emotions are all over the place. Okay. So again, I try not to be the eight, but I did. I was here and there. Like I was between an eight and whoever's just like super nice. We're awesome. I don't know what number that is. Mm-hmm. You know, just like a two. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you go back and forth, but here's the thing. So now I'm at a point where I went after, <laughs> but also apologized. I'm very much an apologizer. Like I'm a like, let's be direct. Let's address it. I'll apologize for what I did wrong. You apologize for what you did wrong, and we can move on. Problem is, is the other person was an eight. And two eights going after each other didn't go very well. Um, mm-hmm. And so now I'm in a situation. I cannot let it go. She got unfollowed and blocked. Blocked, oh. unfollowed, all of the above. Now, I will be honest. I did block at some point, too, but I am blocked. But I am like forever blocked. Isn't that the worst <laughs> when you block someone and then you're like, yes, kidding. That happened to me with actually a friend of ours that oh, was like, yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. I was like, by the way, I'm unblocking you. <laughs> by the way, I already had to tap, do that. Tap, I'm yeah. back. Hey, you. Oh, I already had to do that once. So I was but, like, by the way, I blocked you and I'm blocking. But now I'm like forever blocked. So are we? I want to say one thing, please. I'm a I am a direct communicator, but I'm a soft communicator. Okay. I don't feel like you should apologize ever in part of, that was me, not Leo. (laughs) Part of me, I really, I do strongly believe that when you're apologizing to someone, it needs to be for no other reason than to just clear your own air. Yes. And not expect an apology in return. Ooh. Mm. So I know, and I know, I knew it was going to hit somewhere with you because Uh I, you were like, so I apologized and then Uh wanted her to apologize. And then we were just going to move forward. So I I get stuck in this place of, I feel like I apologize a lot. Well, you own things. I do. Like I want to own. Like I want to own. I love to own too. But what I've learned in all my ownership is not everybody, not everybody likes to own and not everybody can own. Mm. they're on a different path. They could be, it's not a lesser path or a shorter path or a slower path. It's just different. And I think we cannot expect the ownership from the other person and we can't apologize to have them own. We can only apologize to own and know that we've done what we can do in the situation. Yes. Which in theory, I agree with. I know. And I can get a, well, we all say, I mean, listen, right. Sure. Also me. I've had similar (laughs) situations where I'm like, okay, so I'm sorry. And then I just give that dramatic pause and tee up. Like, no, no, yeah. go ahead. Uh-huh. Go ahead yeah. now. I just feel like there was nothing that, the only thing that I will say to this is I didn't feel like you really truly had to apologize as many times as you did. Yeah, no, I apologized a lot. Like, I think because my emotions were so up and down, that's why I felt like I had to apologize. I, would, I mean, enough that the person even said, I don't want any more of your apologies. <laughs> but that's the thing. And that's not fair because she's overstepped a boundary too. Yes. I mean, we both overstepped boundaries for sure. But like, you don't apologize for your emotions. Like, if I'm acting irrational, mean, bitchy, whatever, I can say I'm sorry for that. But then don't apologize again and again to say I'm sorry again. True. But what happens is when the emotions are up and down, <laughs> you go from... <laughs> Yes, I agree with you. The problem is now is the last thing that I sent, which was nice. I was blocked. 
So it's like out there in the air with like the meanest things ending between both of us. Mm -hmm. And I cannot let it go. Because you, okay. Can you not let it go because some she doesn't like you now? Or do you feel like you did something wrong? Or because you just, like, what what part of it do not, can you not let go? Because for me, like, I don't, I don't like to have, like, I'm trying to think of a situation where it's like, I don't like the energy and I don't like to know that like, I'm a, no, but I'm not yeah. bad. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything wrong. Like I apologize. Like, come on, let's yeah. all like it's sing that. kumbaya. <laughs> so, so here's the other side of that. Like I live in a small town. The woman leaves, lives in my town. We have a lot of similar things that we do. I have to see her. So mm-hmm. it is 100%. Let me devil's advocate for her for four seconds, even though I'm definitely on your team. That's fine. I'm, I'm here for that. I know, but you know, I'm like team, team. Yeah. I'm just wondering, because I've gotten to a point before where sometimes the blocking is just a boundary of like, no more noise for a second while I sort this out and take the pieces that I can take, own the pieces that I can take. So maybe the blocking and the unfollowing is just her way of going, I just need like a four minute break. This has gotten heated and I want to be able to have a different conversation with you, but just not right now. Probably. I could see that. As, as that's eight, that's the healthy version of her. The yeah. other, on, I, I, so I don't know I this think, person, so I don't know if she's healthy enough to. That, well, the for problem that to is, is we both have healthy and unhealthy. Well, no, we for sure. Do. But yeah. I think yeah. the unhealthy is because of who it's connected with. Yeah. And I think, again, I, I, what I would love for to see in this situation for you is for you to stand in your truth and go, yeah, you were emotional, you were a little up and down, but it was also a very unfair that happened to you. A very unfair thing that happened to you. The timing of it all, it was not cool. And then what she followed up with was not great. So the fact that you're dealing with that emotion on top of other emotional stuff that you're going through in your life, like stand in your truth and go, you know what? I'm like, I'm not the bad person in this. And like, yeah, I I own, you already owned, you owned your yeah. stuff. That's amazing. And now that's on her to not, you know, to, to maybe do what Kristen's saying or, or she doesn't have the... Like, it's too much for her emotionally, too. So, yeah, well, and she may have to do the same thing. I get that. But, God, that drives me crazy. I hate having. Oh, I hate. I, I want to be very clear. It. I don't like the feeling you're having. Well, and, and I know that feeling. We have a lot of mutual friends-ish, mm-hmm. and it literally kills me. All I think about is, like, well, what did she say to so-and-so? Because I know that she has said things not nice to people, you know? And mm-hmm. so it's like. I probably have too, though, you know, so it's just like, but that drives me crazy. You just have to let a little time and a little space and a little air, I think. Yeah. Because so I've gone through gonna, something very similar. And what are you going to do with that? Well, today, emotion? y'all are going to make you shut out on that. No. Oh. You did not email her. Well, I'm blocked. No, so she did no. her house. I, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> all of the things I would have done, by the way, all of uh-huh. them. I sent a little message. It was not an apology through her window. It was not an apology, but it was kind of wrapping it up in a bow. Like, look, we have to see each other kind of thing. And it was kind and it was ever, but I'm still blocked. Where did you send it? I texted her and it's green. I'm still blocked. Oh yeah. You're still blocked. So she didn't get it. it. Mm -mm. Can you send it through a mutual friend? Well, here's, mm. can't you just do it at one of the kids practices Mm. that you might be at? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing yeah. says stomach ache like a juice box of soccer practice and confrontation. <laughs> Which is like, I, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I might have to do it in person. I don't know. I haven't decided. Um, oh, anywho. Okay. I want to put a pin in this conversation. Okay. Because I think we need to sit with it for a, a hot minute. Okay. 
Okay. I'm going to block it and I'm going to unfollow it for a minute and I'm <laughs> going to give myself so some childish, air. That's so childish, y'all. I no, know. We've all it done is. it. We've no, all no, done no. it. I, I can't even echo enough how I've had this exact, the very similar situation. It's like one of my friends was like, I can't believe she blocked and unfollowed. I was like, well, I kind of did it first. No, I don't think that's childish. That's I a boundary of sorts. we've all done okay. it. We get emotional. I know. We get, that's the first reaction is to be like, I'm unblocking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm blocking. I'm, it's like, that's the first emotional reaction that we have. And it's really our first line of defense in the social media I know, like life crazy. we live in to get this person like out of your orbit for a minute. Right. I mean, it is a boundary. Like I get that. Like I did it so I didn't have to see her stuff. Right. Right. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, we're going to put a little okay. pin in it and we're going to we're going to come back because and talk about that. But first, we're going to um, get an incredible guest on. Her name is Rebecca Wolf. And she actually um, she's a freelance writer um, since she was 16. She actually helped write some of the Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul, which if you're our age, wow. I know it was oh, like yeah. one of That's my like, like, iconic, iconic. Yes. Um, but she's got a new memoir out right now. It's called All of This, a memoir of death and desire. Um, and it's basically about. Well, we'll have her um, talk about it, but she she asked for a divorce, and then her then her husband got pancreatic stage four cancer, so she ended up staying with them. And anyways, we're going to get her on. But let's first let's take a break. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow. I'm never going back to Kova's, you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. 
Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. So, Rebecca, we are so excited to have you on Wind Down. Um, I, me and the girls were um, just kind of debriefing before we started um, recording, and first of all. The, 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 um, the soup books. Oh my goodness. I mean, that was like our childhood. <gasps> yes. I love that. Oh, I my mean, sisters like yes. literally iconic pieces of yeah. literature, like a, a <laughs> timestamp. Like five of them at home. I had all, yeah, I had all. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love like, them. Like, like so many copies. I know. Oh my yeah. God, for the teacher soul, that. for my heart soul, for my soul soul. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I know. Chicken I know. soup, me up. And I'm a vegetarian. Yep. Very ironic. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. Um, how did you start writing on, on those books? Um, I, so when the first book came out, which I believe was like around 94, 95, I was in middle school. I submitted a story to the, like you could submit them in those days. So I submitted a story that I wrote like in my ninth grade English class to the second chicken soup for the teenage soul two, And it was published. And then the, the woman who ran it kind of reached out to me and she's like, do you have anything else? And I was like, are you kidding me? I'd like, you know, I've been writing my whole, you know, 14 years of being a person. So I sent like a bunch of other stories and poems and she ended up hiring me. So I wrote, I wrote for the book series through high school. And then I didn't even go to college. I went straight to work for the book. And then I toured on their behalf and like spoke about writing through trauma, like to teens and, um, you know, it was kind of like a spokesperson for the, for the teenage soul books and the teen love series books, which came out afterwards. And, and yeah, it was just like kind of a fluky thing. Like I submitted a story for extra credit and it turned into like a, a career. I deferred my college 
admission and never went to college. Like Does I just it feel like very to- fulfilling though. It has to be right. I mean, I'm assuming that's not just normal work. That's really powerful it, work. Yeah. And I was, you know, I was 18. So I had like a, an adult job at 18. Like I went to work every day in an office and I edited, I, I also ghost wrote and edited too. So I was doing way more than just, you know, writing, you know, a few stories. Like I was actually working full time. Um, and then I, and then I went from there into freelancing and I, I moved to London for a year and wrote, wrote, you know, travel stuff and music stuff. And I just sort of kept going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I've been, I've been writing about my life for, you know, 25 years. Wow. Um, and now you have your new memoir out, which that came out in August and um, it's called all of this. And was that, I mean, I, I, first of all, I'm so excited to, to get that book because I just, I love, um, the fact that, you know, you are speaking on your life and you're being vulnerable and, and does, is the book mostly like, give me like the elevator pitch of the book. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I have been, I've been writing on the internet my whole, through my whole twenties, I had a blog called girls gun child that I started in 2005 when I had my first child, a son, um, I got pregnant with him really young, didn't have a community. So I started writing about it online. And this was like in the beginning, I was like sort of an early, one of the early mommy bloggers. Um, and I did that forever for years, for over 10 years, I wrote about my experience as a mother, um, found an incredible community online, um, have been writing ever since. And I, you know, had, had been writing, had, had written about my marriage, but you know, I, I, I wrote mainly metaphorically. So if something massive happened to us, I would write, you know, about it more in a, you know, symbolically that I would, you know, really detail and flesh out the issues that we were having in our marriage, because we really, from the beginning struggled our marriage, you know, we were barely, we barely knew each other when I married him. Um, I got pregnant. We loped to Vegas. We sort of like tried to make it work, kept trying to make it work, had, you know, good moments and good years, well, good months, good weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was mainly, you know, it was mainly a pretty tumultuous, toxic marriage that just got worse and worse as the years went on. And when I was finally, when I finally said to him, I want a divorce, I don't love you anymore. I can't be in this marriage anymore. It's, it's killing me. Like I, I, I felt that way. I was at the, at the point where I was like, if I don't get out of this marriage, like I, uh, something will happen to me because it was it was I was miserable. How many um, years at that point? We we'd been married for over thirteen years at that point. Thirteen. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So and we had four children. Mm. Um, the oldest being thirteen, right? Because I was pregnant when I married him. Um, and he was like, okay. And so I was actively looking into you know getting another place and and doing all the things that you do when you're separating when he suddenly had horrible stomach ache, horrible, like keeled over, needed to go to the hospital, went to the hospital. Um, they diagnosed him in the ER with stage four pancreatic cancer that had already metastasized into his liver and lymph nodes. So he was, it was at the point of no return. Like it was a terminal Mm. diagnosis. Um, and we weren't even speaking when he was in the hospital. Like we hadn't, we hadn't been speaking that entire week. Um, so you can imagine, you know, being in a situation, wanting desperately to get out of your marriage, finally saying, I'm done, I'm out, actively 
pursuing divorce and your husband is suddenly diagnosed with terminal cancer. So, um, that phone call, all of the feelings that I felt, you know, when he called me from the hospital, obviously were very complicated. Um, and I, you know, my parents came up, I went straight to the hospital as soon as I could. And I essentially stayed with him to care of him for his, his, the four months that he, between diagnosis and death, it was four months. And I was, you know, I was with him the whole time, took care of him, um, navigating that as somebody who wanted to leave him was, um, you know, it was, it was a lot. It was trying to find closure. It was trying to, trying to, you know, kind of go back and, and create as loving and supportive an, an ending as I could give him. Um, obviously there was a lot of unresolved anger and, and, there were feelings of relief knowing that he wasn't going to be in my life anymore. Um, you know, which took me years to feel like I could say out loud because, you know, when someone dies, you're not supposed to feel relieved. You're supposed to be, you know, feel deep grief, which is, which is what I felt too. And obviously I, you know, wanted my, my children no longer have a father. And I would think it was my grief was, there was a lot of my grief was, was, you know, was for them, but, I didn't want to be with him anymore. I didn't want him to die, but I didn't want to be with him anymore. So a lot of my experience, what my experience was after his death was similar to what, you know, a woman coming out of a divorce might feel, which is I'm free. Oh my God. Like I, I got married at 23 years old, right? Like I had four kids by the time I was 30, I was 37 year old widow. And I was like, I have a body and this is my one life. And I know how fast a person can go from being healthy to dead. And what am I doing? How, what am I, what do I want? This is like, so I, you know, my experience after he died was really sort of a midlife, you know, midlife, midlife adjacent, um, you know, sort of catharsis and awakening, um, that I don't think I would have had if he died. I don't think I would have had even necessarily if we just divorced. I think it was really a combination of feeling free and alive. Right. Um, so that's what my book's about. My book is about my experience navigating his death, our marriage and my life after he died. Mm -hmm. Mourning losses in all the ways. Yeah. And just all the different ways we grief is so complicated and we don't talk about that. We don't talk about the relief elements. We don't talk about, you know, sex after death and like how the two are connected. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, there's so many things that we're not supposed to talk about specifically as women and mothers, right? Like you're a mother and you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be the harbor, not the ship. You're supposed to be the safe place. You're not supposed to explore. You're not supposed to talk about your complicated feelings. You're supposed to make sure that everyone else feels held and taken care of. And you're supposed to put yourself last. And I think, you know, I spent my marriage and my, you know, the last however many years of my life doing that. And, you know, I think for me, I was like, you know what, I, there has to be a way for me to be able to have, to feel like I'm alive in my own life too. Um, so that's also, you know, been the journey. I'm probably going to step over this or landmine myself asking you this question, but I'm going to I'm gonna hear me out when I say this. So when you say that like you felt relief when he, um, when he eventually passed, was there a piece of you that felt shame for feeling that because of your kids? 
I mean, I mean, my relief that my that relief that I was feeling was in was tied to my own feelings. Sure. My feelings for them, I was not relieved that they no longer had a father. Right. I was relieved. That I just want to make that clear to, because when I yeah. heard you, I'm like, because in my mind, I'm like, you know, we uh, us two have. I'm like, yes, I, I'm so happy to be out of my marriage, and I wouldn't. Um, okay, I'll say this: like my first abuser, he committed suicide. He died. I felt relief, but yeah. where. I struggled was I'm like, but he, I felt bad for saying I had relief because he had children. Right. And so what I just didn't, what, and when I heard that, my first initial thought was, I don't want someone to go, wait, you wished your husband had died. Now, now they don't have kid. Then now they don't, they don't have a dad, you know? So that's kind of like how I just, and I just want to like make sure oh, yeah, that, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Like I want to yeah. make sure that you, like, you're not, you don't get like attacked to be like, she wished oh. the, the, the father of, you know, her children died. But I never, I never wished that he died. I never said that. I never was wishing relief. for him to die. But I, I, I still think people could take that and like run with it. Right. But this has been my whole beat with this book is that when you say you're relieved to not have somebody in your life anymore, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're wishing for them to be dead. I think sure. we, 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 we automatically turn this into this black and white thing. It's mm-hmm. nuanced. There's so many layers to this. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, the oversimplification of this conversation is the problem. And it's the reason why I want to have the conversation mm-hmm. because it's valid to feel all sorts of feelings at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just because you're feeling relieved doesn't mean that you want them dead. Just because yeah. you're feeling sad doesn't mean mm-hmm. you want to, them to come back and be with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I hear you so much because I, I mean, I remember I, I got the call when my first abuser committed suicide, and my first reaction was relief. And then I, I, I um, stayed with shame for so many years having that first reaction. Cause I'm yeah. like, I should, but I did, I felt safe, you know, for the first yeah. time in a very long time. And like, I shouldn't feel bad for having that as no. a part of like the grieving process. Oh my gosh. Of course. Well, all relationships are so complicated. We feel relieved when we get out of relationships, right? Like mm-hmm. we're in a bad relationship or we quit a job. We feel relieved. That doesn't mean that there aren't other feelings had like the, it's the same with death. We just, we look at death as being this thing that we're not allowed to have feelings about except these certain feelings, but we allow ourselves to have the complicated feelings about all other kinds of loss. It's just because death is so final, we're not allowed to, or we feel bad for having complex human feelings and everyone has those feelings. I I'm not like the first person to have them. I'm just, I want to have a conversation about nuances because I think it's important. I think it's important for you not to feel bad for having that feeling. I think that's so, that's so just like, of course you would feel that way. And I think assuming that you wouldn't is, is, I, I think it's problematic. I think that we, you know, we should give each other space for having true feelings about, you know, death. Well, and I think too, it's like, you know, I know someone, well, I know several people who have had people that they were still married to who had been sick. And then when they passed, yeah. they feel relief even. I mean, you know, it's oh. like, I mean, it's relief for their spouse or it's relief well, for, you know, having to care for the spouse, you know, and I'm sure they feel guilty for that too. But I think that it's, you know, very, um, I think it's just way more common. Like you said, I think we just don't talk about it enough. Well, that is also something that I want to talk about because caretaking is so hard. It is so hard. And when you're taking care of somebody, regardless of what your relationship is, if they're the love of your life spending, I mean, 
I, I spent, I was taking care of him for four months. It was gruesome and brutal and horrific. And regardless of how I felt about him, it would have been gruesome and horrific. And, you know, when, when people, I remember at the end, the doctors kept trying to give him, he wasn't even speaking at this point. And the doctors kept trying to give him chemo pills. And I had said to them at one point, I was like, what are you doing? He's not even responsive. You're trying to put a pill down his throat. He can barely swallow. And they're like, well, you know, some people want more time. And I was like, more time with him just lie. Like for what? I think this, like the, the prolonging of the death is not the point. And I think for so many caretakers too, it's like, even if you love somebody, your entire life revolves around taking care of them. It is a full-time job. It is so overwhelming on so many different respects, not, not, not even taking under consideration when you also have children and you're taking care of a dying spouse while also taking care of four children. Like it is, how could you not feel relieved for that to be over? That is, that is excruciating. And for everybody involved, it was excruciating for him. He was in pain the entire time. My, for my kids, I mean, it was awful for them to see their father like that. I mean, he was a complicated man when he was before he was dying for all of us. It wasn't just me that had, you know, he was, he was a person that had, you know, was a person. Um, but yeah, I felt really, they felt relieved when he died because he was no longer in pain because it was, you know, it, it was, you know, I, I, and, and all of that is valid too. I mean, we, we, I held space with them for all of their feelings too. I was very honest with them about how I was feeling and they were very honest with me and we had all different feelings and we still do four years later and we talk about them and it doesn't mean that we don't love him, um, to have, you know, unresolved anger, all these things. It's so important to talk about this and for children to feel like they can talk about this and for us not to shame each other or feel guilty for having real feelings about people who are human and complicated, just like we are. Get ready to simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Plus, with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices, you can keep everyone entertained while on the road. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience for yourself and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicles and operation compatible device and vehicle require. What if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job, not a website, but a person in your community that would help you for free? Choose Express Employment Professionals and that's exactly what you'll get. Express Employment Professionals is the local jobs expert you can trust, and they never charge a fee to help with your job search. Go to expresspros.com to find the office near you or download the Express Jobs app to get started. With a wide range of opportunities in a variety of industries, from welding to sales, forklift operator to customer service, the team at Express is ready to help you or someone you know take the next career step. Whether you're looking for a contract job for the summer or a new full-time role, turn to Express Employment. Interviewing with Express Employment professionals can be as easy as a phone call, and one application with Express puts you in the running for numerous opportunities in your community. Don't go in your job search alone. Visit ExpressPros.com today. 
So I've recently got some boots in the mail that I had to try because I'm a boot girl. I love boots, but wow, I'm never going back to Kova's you guys. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, their direct-to-consumer pricing keeps value on your feet and money in your pocket. Stop by our local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather and custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's Tacovas, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and find your new favorite pair of boots. Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24 seven. Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right. But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Kristen, you're having some. You wanna? <laughs> you wanna speak on it or? Well, she's new to me. I'm very rarely speechless, so. Um. I'm trying really hard to frame it. I'm a very open feeler and I'm a very open dialogue person. And grief is something that has just inundated me for probably the last year and a half. I lost five people in 11 months. And one of them was my dad. And that was a year ago. So I'm trying to collect myself for a second just to be able to frame this in a way that is sharing, um, but also not narrating completely somebody else's story. Um, but the relief it's like, I've been in the depths of grief and trauma therapy. I have gone to a grief intensive. Like I've really been in this, like I'm feeling it all. I'm talking about it. Um, but, Oh, 
guys, and I'm not a pretty crier. Like it. Oh doesn't. my gosh, I I'm literally wrapping my arms around you. I I no, no one I, does a I, who needs a pretty crier. I we don't know, want a pretty but, crier here. Well, I sit next to someone that could really win an Emmy, Emmy Award for, <laughs> for pretty crying. You always say I'm a pretty crier. I got a she, big vein that comes through my no, forehead. Well, the I'm Botox like, makes me look like I'm ugly Don't worry. <laughs> um, yeah, Catherine, there you go. There's my there's my tough love always. <laughs> I've seen her ugly cry. Let me tell you, she's a real ugly cry. Um, <laughs> usually, it just looks like a movie scene. No, I just, I, it hit, uh, like it hit this super soft part of my heart when you talked about the relief that comes with it, because my, it's not for a lack of owning it. I am really emotional. Like this one really got me, you guys. I watched my mom caretake my dad for mm-hmm. so long. Um, he did not take care of himself, drugs and alcohol. We don't talk about that. So that's hard for me because I'm the trailblazer and like, I say what is true and what is real. And the relief is real. Like it is. is so real. And that has been part of what I've had to talk about a lot is just the unexpected. Like it is, I didn't have the fairy tale. I didn't bury my hero. In a lot of ways, I feel like, and I don't need any skepticism from anybody online, so help me God. For in a lot of ways, I felt like I buried a child. Yeah. I I I, I grew him, I dealt with his shit <laughs> and his unfairness and the addiction and all of the tidal waves that come with the addiction. And the struggle I'm having recently is watching my mom find the freedom. And she doesn't not deserve that. It, it looks really crazy sometimes. Like I can yeah. obviously tell she's going through something. Um, but when you said that, I was just like, I was trying to fight back the tears and I was like, okay, I'm going to table this and probably lose it when we get off of here. But man, like everything you were saying was like a sentence. It wasn't even like it was from you. It was like straight from God, straight to me. Like the most seen words of what that experience has been. It, and I've never felt shameful for feeling the way I feel because I've just owned it for too long now. Like I started at 27. I just turned 40 in January. So I'm 13 years deep in therapy and owning it, alcoholism and all of the ripple effects it has on everyone. The lost relationships that are like, you know, consequence of that. Um, Healthy boundaries. Like I love boundaries. We talked about that. I love boundaries <laughs> um, because it's what has helped me preserve the things I'm earning and the things I'm doing and working so hard for. But the freedom and relief of death yes. is really hard mm. to navigate. And it comes with a lot of big feelings, especially I am a Christian, Jesus-loving person. And so I felt relief for him almost. Mm-hmm. The first thing I said to my mom is he has all the answers to all the questions and he just gets to take a minute, like the most worrisome, wound up, anger, rage filled, unpredictable yeah. person. And now yeah. he has the answers and I felt relief and I felt like there's, you know, ways now that we all can navigate and commune and connect differently because we have the opportunity to do so without the big black cloud. Yep. The unpredictability, it's yeah. a lot. That and that feeling like that you're having is this is this is like this is all I want to talk about mm-hmm. because it's so important to validate that those feelings because they're so like that's that's 
first of all, I think it's far more common to have that feeling than not to, because all of our relationships are complicated. Mm -hmm. But when you bury somebody that, that was, you know, that was toxic for you. And a lot of reasons that doesn't mean you don't love them, that that you didn't love them, but that, I mean, we, everyone in my house, we would walk on eggshells, all of us all the time for years. And when that went away and you, and, and I think also, I don't, I think there's this other part of grief when somebody dies and you're not just grieving them, but you're grieving the relationship because you realize how much easier it is to live without them. I think that is a very real grief. I think that is a very valid grief to have when you realize, oh, oh my God, like this person made my life really hard and now they're gone and my life isn't as hard. And that doesn't mean that there isn't intense sadness that they're gone, but recognizing that you, what your life looked like with them in it versus with them out of it. And that a lot of that is easier and not harder, which is the assumption, right? The assumption is that this person's gone and your life is in pieces. So what happens when the person is gone and your life actually feels like you can finally put it back together. That's, that's so valid. And I think extremely common and we don't talk about that. So we just sort of, you know, my, my experience navigating this, I felt really alone because I couldn't talk about this because, you know, I was having all of these feelings that I couldn't share publicly that I couldn't even admit to myself without feeling bad about having them. Cause I get to be alive. I get to be the one who watches my kids grow up. And there's so much guilt tied in that too. And being the survivor. And I'm sure your mom has those feelings too. Like where she still gets to be here. But the idea, like the relief that you have for her, like is so that is that's lo- that's love, right? Mm-hmm. The the and and the relief that somebody isn't no longer in your life is also love because when you love somebody, you tolerate them in ways you wouldn't otherwise. So I think a lot of our relationships with people, especially family members that we love, but who also make our lives really hard, I think there is relief when they die because we love them, not because we don't, because. I stayed with him for years because there was love there and I tolerated him for years because there was love there. And I stuck with him and I nursed him and I was there with him to the end because there was love there. So it comes from a place of love, the relief, because I couldn't just leave even when I wanted to, you can't just leave your father, right? He's your like the feet, like there's this feeling where you, you, you can breathe and be in your body and in your life without this person that you that you didn't know how to, to leave when he was in it. Right. And you mourn the loss of them before they're dead in so many ways too. That is a whole other part. We, Mm -hmm. my marriage was over long before he died and I had already mourned Mm -hmm. him as my husband. I had already grieved our marriage long before he died. So that was already done. My grief was tied up in my children really for the first year. And I didn't even give myself a chance to think about how I was feeling until I knew that they were okay. As soon as I was like, okay, they're okay. Now it's my turn to figure out how I am. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something to be said too. Like the grief shows up at all different parts. And I mean, I'm still like grieving my ex-husband and there are moments that just they randomly come up and it's like their grief is is not just like, all right, I'm over it and I'm done. It's like, you're still, because to me, it's like no one could have told me that it was a a death at the time. Cause it's like, that was, you know, he was gone disappear. You know what I mean? Like he didn't disappear, but like when he went to rehab the first time, I'm like, I couldn't talk to him. I couldn't see him. It was like, to me, it was like this like death. I'm like, he's just boom yeah. gone. 
and granted, yeah, he's, you know, very much alive and in me and my kids' life, it's still like, it's still grief, whether you lose someone or, or you don't, you know? And yeah, it's and like, you think you're on a podcast with your friend and then this sweet thing comes on and starts talking about death and grief just hits you like a tidal wave because it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how grief is too. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. Sneaky. It's like, it doesn't just, it's not like you spend a year crying and then you're over it. Like every, look, my, my, my kids, my daughters, my twin daughters, their birthdays on Tuesday, whenever there's a birthday, whenever I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm like waiting for it to hit me and it'll, I'll be like at Trader Joe's, like mm-hmm. getting pasta and like, just start whew, because it does it like it finds you mm-hmm. when you least expect it or when like you're triggered by a smell or a song or like some it's and then that's it and I think that grief again like it doesn't end like I'm gonna carry this my children are gonna carry this with us forever we're always gonna have you know we're always gonna grieve him and it's always gonna be complicated and it's gonna change and it's fluid and you know there have been plenty of times where I've missed him and wished he was here. And then there have been other times where I was like, thank fucking God he isn't. All of that can live together. It's all, you know, Mm -hmm. it's the both and of life. It's the caring, the grief and the gratitude at once. Totally. It's my my ampersand on my hand. Um, Yeah. To have both is, Mm -hmm. it's funny. We we talked about that last week. Like you can't, you can't time triggers. That's another like big thing to you. Just, you, you can't, time when when it's going to come up but like I, also, I wanted to run out of this room just now <laughs> did you see me looking for an exit strategy yeah. behind you <laughs> I think it's just it's so interesting though too because I'm like the, the the yeah the relief I'm thinking like man like sometimes it'd be so easy but then also easier with certain things if but then then the, then you also struggle with this the, this side effect too of like you know not having the parent in your life as well so it's like it's it's hard i think it's just hard you know how, no, i think it's all i think it's all hard yeah. i think all i think i think it's all hard and i i you know there are times you know a lot of my friends are divorced when they're like oh my god and they're dealing with custody stuff and the drama of dealing with an ex which i don't i don't know what that's like and it sounds really awful to me um and and you know i i i think in a lot of ways it's harder to navigate all of the stuff with a partner that's no longer a partner, a former partner. And, but then there are also times where, you know, something happens with my kids and there's, I want to like text him or, Oh my God, look at her kids or, you know, and like that, that I can't do that. And then it's harder for me. You know, it's like, we, and for the kids, we're all, yeah. we're, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, it's, it's hard. <laughs> it's all hard. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. Death is hard. I, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I think, they're all hard and complicated and no one's nothing is harder than the, you know, for the other and no grief is worse than another person's grief. I think it's, it's all just really hard and really complicated. And there's nothing wrong with any of the feelings that any of us are having about any of this stuff. It's, it's, it's all of this, which is probably, that's why he's (laughs) named your book. It's all of this. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Hence the name. I mean, that's kind of my whole beat, right? It's like, how do we, how do we carry all these feelings in the same basket without feeling bad about it. Right. And I think that's huge too, because there's so many people that love to shed their opinions when Mm. on things that they haven't gone through it or Mm -hmm. that's, that's, it's, that's, that's a tricky basket. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, I think a lot of that comes from internal shame. I think all, all shame, you know, comes from internal shame, the way we shame others. I don't think people, 
who don't feel internal shame, shame other people. Mm. Um, I think, I think it's very much, I think it's, it's, you know, we are talking about triggers. I think a lot of people being honest about their experience is very triggering for others. And look, I've been writing on the internet for 20 years. I've, you know, I've heard it all. I've been judged, criticized, mm-hmm. shamed, you know, my entire career. So I think for me, um, I don't know that I could have written a book like this if I didn't have like a, you know, have experience navigating that and sort of, you know, getting to the other side of it and saying, you know what, this is, I don't feel bad. I don't. And you can't make me feel bad if I don't feel bad. And that's sort of the thing, right? Mm -hmm. It's like when you get to a point when you're like, I've really, I've really done the work and explored these feelings. And I feel like this is where I am at. I'm at with them and I'm okay with that. That if people, other people aren't like, okay, that's fair. Mm-hmm. So fair. I will hold space for your feelings, but they're not mine. You know, mm-hmm. doesn't that wrap up what <laughs> we were talking does. about earlier, Catherine? Um, well, Rebecca, thank you so much for coming on and, and um, talking thank about something that, me. you know, obviously um, a lot of people feel and they feel I'm sure a lot of shame around. So um, thank you for, for your words and what you, what you've uh, done for not only my middle school heart, but my adult (laughs) heart now. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you all. Of course. All right. Bye Rebecca. Bye. All right. Bye. Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, lots of emotions. We have like from my soul, I couldn't even hide it from you. No, but that's, it's okay. I'm like, you should, you should feel. And I was going to like ugly weep. Could you hear it? Like I couldn't swallow the tears. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was going to intersect because I'm always like, I remember when I, um, I can say it now, but I was on red table talk. Uh, I don't know the premiere date yet, but when I see someone cry, I want to immediately be like, talk to me. What's the emotion coming up? Cause I saw Mm -hmm. Jada start to get a little teary eyed and I just stared at her until there was a break in conversation to be like, do you want to talk about that? Because it's like, I I would like, I want to like, I don't want mm-hmm. you to shove it. I don't want you to push it down. Well, but it I also knew you needed a minute too. Because I was, I was like, like, she can see me. <laughs> <She's talking. laughs> and I am like, like, like convulsing like, back I am here. Kristen and I'm back here. Holy mackerel. Um, but we're going to continue this conversation. And also we're going to unpin uh, Catherine's conversation. So um, meet us on the after show. You know, I don't even know where to start with this because it's the comfort, it's the style, it's the whole look. That's what I love about my Tacovas. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend and Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Shop by your local Tacovas store, have a complimentary drink and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's tacovas, T E C O V A S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. 
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.